0: Hi everyone, David Harris with you here for Criminal Injustice and welcome to the first recording in the post-apocalyptic self-quarantine world. I truly, truly hope that you, your family members, your loved ones, your friends are all safe and healthy. Um, I'm just putting up this brief bonus to say first, thank you to all of those who have come to events for my new book uh, that has come out in the past couple of months, A City Divided, Race, Fear, and the Law in Police Confrontations. I met members of the podcast listening audience at events in Pittsburgh, of course, but also New York City, Philadelphia, uh, Miami, and some other places. I regret to inform you, and you won't be surprised about this, that all of the remaining public events scheduled for this spring have been canceled like pretty much everything else. No big surprise, uh, but it didn't want anybody who might be out in the listening audience looking for a diversion, uh, maybe to come and throw some rotten tomatoes at me or shake my hand. I oh, can't do that. Uh, there will be no more uh, criminal justice inspired events about this new book, A City Divided, in the coming months. Everything has been postponed with promises to do events in the fall. So the events in Cincinnati this week, in Toledo next week, uh, and on and on, Chicago in April, all off the calendar for now. Look for them in the fall. The book, of course, is available. You can buy it on Amazon, which they will ship directly to your door. Uh, You can buy it directly from my publisher, Anthem Press, too. How is this affecting the criminal justice system? Well, in a number of ways, but first and foremost, I want to give you a bonus episode here about the effect of coronavirus on two of our most important criminal justice physical environments, and those would be prisons and jails. Now, anyone who's ever spent any time around or inside a prison or a jail, and it might be that you were inside at one point as an incarcerated person, or it might be that you were uh, a corrections officer or a social worker, Um, if you have been there, you know that prisons and jails are not healthy places, Um, They are often dirty, squalid places. They often are places where communicable diseases are easily spread, Um, uh, some very bad ones. And we have had scares like that in the past. Therefore, it should be no surprise that prisons and jails come at the top of the list of considerations when we start to talk about the health effects that coronavirus might have within the criminal justice system itself. And if you think about a criminal justice facility like a prison or a jail, uh, you have communicable disease inside because everything on the outside is available inside. Of course, we might think of drugs. Drugs are illegal. What are they doing? They're all over prisons and jails. Violence all over prisons and jails. So it should be no surprise that we see disease inside too. Um, often sanitation isn't everything it could be. Sometimes uh, uh, sources of clean water are not everywhere that we would like to see them. Soap could be in short supply. And alcohol-based hand sanitizers, well, those are contraband because of the alcohol. The alcohol could, of course, uh, be used for uh, as an intoxicant perhaps, but I've also heard it discussed as something that can be weaponized, turned into a burning weapon. So all of these things are considerations that make the insides of prisons and jails a lot less uh, healthy than they might otherwise be, downright uh, dirty and uh, disease-ridden. Uh, perhaps more so than the outside atmosphere. Second, when we think of prisons and jails, and this is out aside from coronavirus and all those considerations, uh, when we think about prisons and jails, we might think of the health care that might be available inside and that is unlike anything that we would think of as a hospital or an infirmary on the outside. Often, prison and jail health care is substandard. It does not comply with industry best practices in health care. Um, uh, uh, prisoners cannot get everything that they want. Incarcerated people may be held in very unhealthy conditions, even within so-called jail hospitals or infirmaries. They just don't measure up. Uh, Third preliminary to to mention, it's coming. Coronavirus is coming to prisons and jails if it is not already there. Why? Because everything that's outside eventually gets inside. And if you think about it, uh, there are people inside prisons and jails who are regularly outside. The staff, the correctional officers, all of them spend time in the outside world, and some of them are going to get sick, and they're going to bring that disease inside of the prisons, just like they would bring in coughs, colds, influenza. It will be there. It is inevitable. And when it hits prisons and jails, things are going to get bad in a hurry. I mean, think about it. The the, the the main thing that we are being told on the in the outside world, things like wash your hands thoroughly and frequently with soap. As I said, that may not be as easy inside prisons as it is for us outside. You just can't assume they can do that as easily and as frequently as we do it. The medical care won't be what you and I might be able to access. And of course, there's social distancing. This is the main thing that public health authorities are telling us to do, that if we stay apart from each other, we stand a chance of flattening the curve. That is, having the disease spread much more slowly because it just has fewer chances to go from person to person, to be communicated. That's just not possible inside of a jail or a prison it's it's cramped it's sometimes overcrowded people can't get away from each other by the nature of the way people are set up they're in large dorm areas where their beds are right next to each other they're two to a cell i mean social distancing just isn't a real alternative uh, given what's going on in there and everything about prisons Uh, is worse in jails. Now, just to review, the difference between a prison and a jail. A prison is an institution uh, either on the federal level or much more likely on the state level in which people are housed uh, to serve their sentences after they are convicted. So, uh, a burglary case, I plead guilty or I'm found guilty, I'm going to go to state prison if I have a sentence usually of longer than a year. Jails are different. Jails are in counties, first of all. They are county-run operations, and that counts. Uh, Number two, they are primarily there to hold people before trial, before they are convicted, uh, if they are held for public safety reasons or simply can't make bail. And of course, we've talked a lot about bail on criminal injustice, how people can be held just because they can't make financial commitments uh, of the level of the bail at which they are held, they might be held uh, prior to trial, even though they are as innocent as anybody who has ever been born. Uh, And that's a problem on the justice level, but on this level, even more so. And then you have people serving short sentences. It's usually people sentenced to a year or less might serve at the county level. Whatever problems you have with in prisons, you got them in spades, in jails, because not only do you have the poor health care, not only do you have the normal filth and communicable diseases, not only do you have no ability to do social distancing, you have much higher in and out traffic because you have not only the guards and the staff going in and out, you have high turnover, high turnover, of the incarcerated people, because people come in, they're booked in for a day or two days or three before they can make bail, and then they go out. Some of them, some of them stay in. But with that high traffic, those who go into the jail, if the disease is in the jail and being readily communicated, they bring it outside to us. They bring it outside to their families. They bring it outside to everybody. And that is a menace to public health of the first order order you've got lots of people going in and lots of people going out much more so than with a regular prison even a large one a regular prison would uh, put people out a certain number of them out pretty much every day and a certain number of people would go in but that number is likely to be much less than what you would see with a large urban jail so what do we do Uh, we can see that if the public health crisis is enormous due to coronavirus for us on the outside It's even worse for those on the inside, not only those people, anybody they come into contact with like the staff, like the guards, and like their families if they leave jail or prison. So what do we do? Number one, we stop putting people in as much. We just stop doing that except when we can't avoid it. So what does that mean? It means that police should adopt policies in which they give out summons instead of arresting people and taking them into custody it means that district attorneys should work with the police to not have arrests be made to have summons and things like that used as the default position for any low-level crime just because you can't arrest doesn't mean you should and now it means you shouldn't honestly if you can avoid arrest if you can avoid taking somebody into custody do that number two nobody nobody should be held in a jail because they can't make a small amount of bail. $200, $400, $500, $1,000. That might keep a lot of people in jail if they can't scrape up that amount of money. And a poor person just can't. And that shouldn't keep them in jail normally. There's a whole justice system question there, as we have talked about so many times. But now, with this public health crisis, for their own sake and for ours, we should not have Anybody in jails who doesn't absolutely have to be there as a matter of the most urgent public safety matter. Okay? Uh, That's those are the only people who should stay in jail. So the rest of them, you, you, you reduce their bail to recognizance. You give them plea offers that they can't refuse. You cut sentences short. You give people health-based paroles at, what, three, four, six months if they're serving a year sentence. It's not ideal, but it's worse to keep them in there, to have them affect, uh, infecting each other and infecting us when they get out. That's it. That's the coronavirus hitting jails and prisons. A real public health emergency uh, right inside of the one that is facing the whole country. We will keep you up to date on criminal justice developments, whether they involve the coronavirus or not. Here on Criminal Injustice, you can always look to us. Our website is criminalinjusticepodcast.com for all the latest news in the criminal justice sphere. I am David Harris, and I'll be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rawlerson. Find show notes and past episodes at criminalinjusticepodcast.com.